Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Karf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are, their most devastating failures, and the most uplifting successes. I hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby, because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of my Miniature Obsession podcast. I'm Rachel, and I am so glad that you are here with me today and listening. So I want to say thank you for being a listener. I'm very grateful, and I would love to hear from you. So if you want to connect, reach out, let me know how you're liking the podcast. Maybe you would like to be a guest on my podcast, or you know some other miniaturist that you feel that would be a great fit please reach out and let me know. You can always find me at micdropminiatures.com or you can find me on Instagram and my handle is, you guessed it, micdropminiatures. So let's get right into the episode that I'm going to share with you today. I found Preston on social media when I came across this set, this image he had of his miniature creation and I'm like, wait, And I stopped and like, I know this. Where do I know this from? It looks so familiar. And then when I did a little research, I found that he built a miniature replica of the Frasier set. So the apartment, remember that show? It was a sitcom that ran from about 1993 to 2004. And it it was, I mean, it's the exact replica of the apartment. He talks about in the episode here, how it went right down to the the fabric of the chair and how he searched so long and hard for that one particular pattern of furniture for that chair. So I can't wait to share this with you and I hope you enjoy it. And one thing when I was doing this podcast with him, I found that all the proceeds that he makes for the Fraser Project goes to a local charity in his hometown of Kentucky, in Kentucky, and so he all the proceeds go to that local animal shelter and he's calling it Rangers Project. So it's so cool that miniatures can really make a difference and I just love that. You know, it's like miniatures with a purpose. Who doesn't love that? So to check Preston out, make sure to see him on Facebook. You can find you can search the Fraser Project, join his group and see all of his amazing creations. You can also find images of his creations if you're not on Facebook at micdropminiatures.com forward slash blog forward slash Fraser Project because you're going to want to see some visuals of this for sure. His creations, they're, it's absolutely amazing what he's, what he's done. So thank you again for being here and for taking a listen. And if you love this conversation, I would love if you could snap pick and share it to your Instagram or Facebook stories. Take me, Mike Drop Miniatures. And thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, happy creating. Bye, guys. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear oh, me? There I can. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. So you're calling in from Kentucky? Yes, I am. Nice. From uh, Louisville. Okay. Never been there. Maybe someday. <laughs> I am... Um, I'm from Wisconsin, so that's where I'm calling in from. Still yeah, waiting. What part? Um, I'm like 40 minutes from Green Bay. Oh, okay. I was born in Milwaukee. Okay. And too far from here. Yeah. So how long have you been in Kentucky? Um, about 20 years. Okay. So a long time. Well, thank you again for meeting me. I, I was trying to think back how I like, saw you, and I think I saw you from a Facebook group. And when I saw your post, I was like, Frasier, I remember that show, like it brought back, I used to watch that. And then, yeah, I I didn't realize I did some research that that show ran for 11 seasons and a long time. So I I have so many questions, but I guess first let's start, 
did you make miniatures because of the show or did you like miniatures before you had a session with the show? Um, well, a little bit of both. I'd started off when I was younger with like car models and things like that, um, just the kits. And I always enjoyed building those sorts of things. But um, then I really, really liked the show so much. I was like, I just want to recreate a piece from that show. So I built the fireplace just as kind of like a, uh, just like a bookshelf prop, you know, just to set it up there because it was an iconic piece. And then it just kind of grew from there and I ended up building the entire apartment around it. So that was kind of where it started. And why Fraser? Do you, do you know why you love it so much? Is, can you pinpoint it? Um, I've just always watched it. I always liked the comedy. Um, the fact that it's, it doesn't talk down to its audience, I always thought was really appealing. They don't have to dumb it down. You either get the jokes or you don't get the jokes. And uh, I liked the research that went into it because I didn't always get the jokes. So then I'd have to go and find out what they were talking about or referencing. And it was always kind of like a double laugh. Once you, once you realize what they meant, you're like, oh, that's why that's funny, you know? Because I started watching it as a teenager. So of course I didn't pick up on everything, so. Do you know, can you still watch it? Like Friends is still on, I don't know, like certain channels or is there any Frasier yeah, on it all? They do have reruns um, from here to the UK um, on certain okay. channels and they'll re usually do it from, from start to finish. Um, and of course it's on, um, I wanna say it's on Amazon on Paramount Plus or CBS Access, one of those two. And then um, I think it's on Hulu as well. Okay. Yeah, I, I really want to watch it again ever since I saw your post. And you're not the only one that doesn't like it because I was looking at your Facebook group. Two, um, 2,400 people you have members in your Facebook group called The Frasier Project. So you're not alone in liking this show. There's, you know, there's lots of other people out there and it's so amazing because I didn't even think there was a following behind this show, but there definitely is. So that's yeah. so cool. It holds some records for winning the, the most Emmys. And at the time, Kelsey Grammer was the highest paid um, TV actor. So, I mean, it it's, you know, held, held some awards and things like that. So it's okay. a pretty popular show. Yeah, I would say. So you said the fireplace and then you said you also the vase painting. Can you tell me where was that in the scene on the fireplace? The vase painting, it's, um, it's over behind the piano. Okay. So it's it's kind of going down that wing of the apartment next to the kitchen, between the, the kitchen and the balcony. It's okay. the, the shared wall going down that way towards what would be on the set uh, Daphne's room. Okay. And then you also said you had a six, six pack of cans. I want to say it's probably beer cans. Yeah, those were my first. Uh, so those few things were the first items that I built um, for the project. And it was it was really just me experimenting with, with new things because I had never done anything like that before. So um, the beer cans, I ended up, what I did was I just rolled up paper really, really tight and kept rolling it, rolling it, rolling it um, until it looked like it was about the size of beer cans. Um, and then I painted them gold and printed out tiny labels and painted the top with a silver metallic paint and used my hot glue gun to make like the uh, plastic band that goes around a six pack. And yeah, I it mean, awesome. <laughs> if you look at them, it's like, you can tell they're kind of a first, the first attempt at making something, but I kept them because I thought, you know, it was kind of cool for, you know, your first time ever experimenting with that sort of thing. Yeah. Why not? And do you try to go with one twelve scale or do you, are you pretty yeah, accurate with your scale? Yeah, everything is is uh, screen matched for accuracy. Um, so I would use the known height of the actors and different things depending on where they would stand. And it's taken lots and lots of research. I mean, I started the project in 2017, okay. um, and it's not quite finished yet. The uh, I'm hoping to have it wrapped up here in the next probably the next month, um, and then focusing more on the cafe and, and the radio station and some other things. But um, yeah, so it's taken a while to screen match all of that stuff and starting from scratch, you know, with with pre-built things, sometimes it's easy to get online and find something you like and you have a general idea. Like if you're if you're 
doing a miniature kit or a dollhouse or things like that, you can typically find anything you want online. But when it was custom made for the show, mm-hmm. they're not mass produced in large quantities where it's so popular that it would translate to the miniature community. So yes. everything in the project was had to be handmade. And I had no experience making anything from by hand like that. So it, it took a while to get the hang of it. You did amazing. And I know what you mean, because I recreated my grandparents' kitchen. So it's not like I could just go out and grab a table. I wanted the table to match my grandparents. So yeah, it's a struggle for sure. Right. right. So how, if you're not, if you were so new to it, did you just Google it or did you have someone you could go to for advice, maybe a, a shop, anything? No, I didn't have any of that stuff available to me at the time. I wasn't, I wasn't a part of that community at all. In fact, I didn't know there was a community. To me, miniatures didn't exist at the time. It was dollhouses were my perspective of what miniatures were. And to me, dollhouses weren't something I was interested in going to get involved in. And uh, to me, it just, that wasn't where I saw it going. But then I real I didn't even know that there was a scale. Like I wasn't even familiar with 112 scale. Like I know it existed. I know that now, but at the time I just made it up. Um, I'm like, I'm just going to do everything. What if I did it like where one, one half inch equals a foot in real life. And I looked at that and I'm like, no, that's a little small. I bet I could do where one inch equals a foot. So I didn't even know that was a thing. I had no idea. I just thought that one inch to one foot was mentally easy for me to, to do. I'm like, okay. So I know, one of the actors is six foot tall. That would make him six inches. He's standing next to this piece. Boom. I can tell that's eight feet tall, you know, so it's got to be eight inches tall. So the, the did math- a lot in three years. I mean, you <laughs> learned a lot and you're amazing at what you do. Like even you posted the chair. I want to mm-hmm. think that the dad's chair, right? Yeah. yeah. Like even your upholstery on that was amazing. Like, how did you come? How did you find the material and all that? Was that a lot of work to find? exactly feel like that anyone who who knew what i was building um always asked about the chair and i just found the fabric for it um middle of 2020 so it's not like i had it for a long time and everybody was always asking what are you going to do about the chair what are you going to do about the chair because it's such an iconic piece that you can't screw it up and everything else is is very um textural so it's got fabrics and suede's and things so I didn't want to put a hard piece in there and paint it to match. Um, I thought that that would really stand out. So I looked for years for fabrics, ordering different samples from different places. In fact, I even resorted to trying to weave my own fabric with um, needlepoint thread. So I got canvas and one of those hoops and I <laughs> wove my own fabric and it just, it's still, I got the colors right, but it just, the pattern wasn't looking exactly how I wanted. And then I found this uh, vintage fabric that I've got, and it was very expensive fabric. It was like $120 a yard. Good um, thing you don't need much, right? <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't need much. Um, so it was very expensive fabric, but I got it and I found it and I'm like, this is, this is going to be it. Because the other thing you don't think about is the actual chair in real life, those stripes were probably an inch or two wide. So even if the even if the production company said, hey, here's a swatch of the original fabric, that would be super cool, but you couldn't use it yeah. because on a two inch wide chair, you'd only have two stripes. So you had to find something that was not only the right color and texture, but also had tiny, tiny stripes. So it was, it so was a long- Where did you find it? Uh, I found it online through a company that, that specializes in vintage fabrics and I ordered it directly from Paris. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wonder what well, it looks amazing for sure. Mm-hmm. I loved it. So I have to ask, so do you, I know, how many times have you watched the show? Like the whole series, do you know? Like. Oh, well, I've probably watched the series through maybe 20 times, 20? 25 times, something but like that. Is this Usually season- turn on at night and just let five or six episodes just run through until I fall asleep and then I'll pick up the next night where I left off. And I do that with a couple of shows. I do that with The Office. I do that with some of the other ones. Um, so it's not just that. It's kind of whatever I'm in the mood for. Um, the Office would be cool to recreate. Yeah, I had thought about that. I had 
I built a couple of little test pieces for that. Um, and you know, it would, it would make sense to do my next piece based on the popularity of the show. So like, obviously Frazier wasn't the best starting point. If I was looking for likes and hits and shares and all this, I could have went with like friends, right. Or the office <laughs> or, you know, something that's just crazy popular, but I knew if I was going to stick to it, it had to be something that was really, um, you know, that I really held near and dear. So that's why I started with that. Yeah. Cause then for sure you want to finish it. But I asked the question, so is it like the scene burned in your mind or because I'm a very visual person, especially when I'm making like exact replicas. So I'd be like taking pictures of the TV screen or was there enough on the Internet that you could have a visual or did you not even need a visual of the scene? Um, there wasn't enough on the Internet that was that was very good. Usually what I would do if it was a specific piece I was looking for, um, I would I would watch it on at the time it was available on Netflix. Um, so I would watch it then, but then they took it off when CBS did their all access. And, uh, but I would watch it there and I would freeze frame it and take screenshots of whatever it was that I wanted. And I ended up with a photo album full of, of screenshots that I had printed off at Walgreens and put in a photo album so I wouldn't have to hunt and peck on the computer. I could just flip through it. And I wanted it, it, it started off, it had to be somewhat portable because I have a workshop that's about an hour from my house. Um, and I would go there on weekends and stuff. And I wanted to be able to take most everything either there or home, but I don't have good signal out there because it's by the lake and it's kind of out, out of ways. So I couldn't just grab my whole computer and use the Wi-Fi, And so it had to be somewhat portable. So I'd, I'd print pictures off. Um, I would sometimes go to Fraser Fan Club on Facebook and say, hey, I'm looking for this piece. Can anybody find it? And usually there would be people that would find that fun. So they'd hunt for it and throw a couple pictures my way. So that was kind of how I did it. And if it was um, something I just absolutely couldn't get a good angle on, um, you know, then you just have to take some artistic liberties and do what you can do with it. So you even have like the, the scene out his window, out the big window. How did you get that photo? Is it like exact, do you think? Or is it pretty close? Um, that that photo is a photo well it can be anything because actually what you're seeing back there isn't a picture at all it's an hp all-in-one computer it's a fully functioning computer with mouse and keypad oh. Oh. so i can put um any image i want on that i could you know anything you can do on your computer i can do with the screen because that's what you're seeing i had originally printed out a picture because i thought oh that would be cool to have the seattle skyline there but to me, my mind is always working on what's even better than what you just thought of. How can you just really take it to the next level? And I thought, well, I need to get like a tablet or a TV or something back there. And I thought if I could get a TV, I could play like an actual skyline with flashing lights and planes flying by and, you know, the real deal. And then I was, my wife had replaced her computer. She's, she got a new laptop and she's like, what do you want to do with this old computer? I'm like, Oh my God, that's it. So I, I cut out that back wall and um, fixed that computer screen to, to there and downloaded a bunch of pictures of the Seattle skyline. And that's where we ended up. It's that very makes, cool in real life. Yeah, it makes sense now because when I watched your, your video on Facebook the other day, you know, I'm focusing on you, but then in the background was that, which I thought was a photo. And I'm like, Wait, did it just move or something? No, I like I should have maybe reversed it, but I just thought it was a photo. How funny! And here it's a computer. Yeah. So and we've got, so um, you know, screensavers. Um, you know, you can download images and put them onto your screen in a folder and have whatever pictures pop up for mm -hmm. your screen. So all of my screensavers for that computer are Seattle skyline pictures different times of the year, different times of the day. So one, you'll see a night sky, one you'll see it during the day. Um, so it's, cool. it kind of changes as you, as you look at it. That's so cool. So if someone came to you and be like, we want to put your creation in a museum, what would you say? Like, no way, can't get rid of it. I mean, it's been part of your life for four years and a lot of work. What would you say to that? Um, well, it would depend on the terms, but I would definitely yeah. be open to it. So if they were like, hey, do you want to donate this to a museum for like the rest of its life? <laughs> be like, well, I don't know about that. But if they said, hey, can we hold on to this for 
a few years, yeah, I would definitely, definitely consider letting it to letting it go for sure. Would you, um, would you, are you considering putting the actual characters in there or no? I would, um, I'm not going to build them because I know my limitations and I know that there's a lot of sculptors out there that, that, um, that that's their specialty and they do phenomenal work. And I just, I know that that's not me. Um, I would put them in there if I could work with one of those sculptors to have them made. The problem is just, they're so expensive. Um, the last time I had it priced, it was around $500 per character. So with five cast members, you know, or at $2,500 in that. So, you know, if I, I don't found know, you're pretty that, talented. From what I see, you're pretty talented. You can paint, you can, <laughs> I think sculpting should be next on your list. I would definitely attempt it. Um, it's just, it's intimidating when you know there's so many people out there that do such phenomenal work with it. You're like, ah, just leave it to the professionals, you know? But I would definitely try it. Um, I just don't know that I could knock that out of the park, you know? So would you say most everything is handmade? Everything is handmade. Um, so I had, and there's a couple exceptions to that and I'll share that with you. So I had a couple of rules when I first decided that I was gonna transition from this bookshelf piece to a full build. I had a couple of rules that I didn't want to bend from. Um, so the first one was that I had to make everything in there by hand. The paintings, the furniture, everything had to be made by hand. I didn't wanna just, because I felt like laziness would take over and I would start finding things that were close enough and I didn't want it to be close enough. I wanted somebody like me who was a really big fan of the show to be able to look in there and not be able to find anything that's off. You know, I, I didn't want someone to walk in and be like, well, you know, he had wingback chairs and they were beige, not white. And well, that's all I could find at Hobby Lobby. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my, my first rule was I just have to make it and it has to be exact. So I wasn't allowing myself to purchase any pre-made stuff. The second rule that I had for myself was if I made a piece and it didn't blow me away and I wasn't proud enough to show it off to people that I had to remake it. I couldn't just stick it in there and say, well, that's the best I can do. Well, no, you can take it back and do it right. That's the best you can do, you know? So that was my second rule. Now I did bend on the first rule about putting manufactured pieces in once the Fraser project got big on Facebook in um, 2020. It's only been around since April of 2020. That's when I started the group. Um, but it got really big and people really connected with the project and they wanted to see some of their own pieces in it. They wanted to be a part of the, of the project. Um, so they would send me stuff and, and people and viewers and followers were just sending stuff in. And that was the only time I made exceptions. If, if a viewer wanted to send something in that was, that was exact, um, then I would go ahead and include that in there. So we've got the piano that was donated. Um, the telescope was donated and a lot of the odds and ends. You don't see a lot of them in the pictures um, because I usually use them when I'm setting up for a special shot that I'm trying to capture. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the, some of the smaller things that you don't, you don't necessarily see all the time they were donated, but as far as the couch, the chair, the bookshelves, um, the vase, all of that kind of stuff is all all handmade by me. Right now, I think the uh, the Eames chair, the piano, and the telescope on memory are the only things in it right now that you can see in the pictures. What about the cane? I made the cane, yeah. Oh, that was good. I actually made two canes. I, I had one um, really big fan of, of Fraser and the Fraser Project. He had actually purchased it for a little... Um, he had hand carved a chair out of a block of wood that matched Martin's and he wanted a cane to go with it. So he had actually purchased a cane from me. So I had made him one as well. And his actually turned out to be a little better than mine because I made mine first and I made his with a little more expertise behind it. So mine is actually the, um, and I don't know the technical terms for all of the materials that I use. I just grab what works, you know, sometimes I find stuff laying around the house. And I'm like, Hey, this will work. So Hobby Lobby has these, um, I guess they're plastic. They're about a foot long and they're just like tubing, like, uh, 
polypropylene PVC kind of yeah. tubing. Um, so that's what my cane is made out of. When I made the one for, and then it's painted to match. Um, and I hand carved out of wood the handle so that it kind of looked a little foamy. Um, but the one that I made for um, the customer was actually all made out of bent, hand bent aluminum. So it was, it was a little more true to form. And after I made it, I was like, oh, I need to remake mine. And I will. There's just been so much, you know, there's so much to do that going back and I thought it looked great. And, I don't know. I thought in the picture, I'm like, oh, that looks awesome. So what it. kind of tools do you have? Do you cut it all by hand? I know you said it a lot about carving wood and things. Do you? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I found one picture you had a cricket. Do you use that to cut material or? Well, I got that for, um, because it can, it can, cut smaller pieces of wood, you know, thinner wood. Um, it's the Cricut Maker. And I haven't really used it for anything for this particular project. Um, the only thing I've used it for so far was I'm doing a, um, a record store as well. Um, it's kind of a 90s era record store that I'm, I'm currently building. Um, and I wanted to make some t-shirts to go on the wall just like you would see if you walked it. So I've made some black t-shirts to scale and then I used the Cricut to cut out some band logos to put those on there. Okay. Um, but that's, that's so far, that's the only thing I've used it for. I've got a 3D printer as well um, from Nova 3D. They had actually sponsored the build for that year and they sent that to me to use. Um, and I've printed off some pretty cool things that I've designed um, through Tinkercad and stuff like that. So if you look at the Cafe Nervosa build, um, there is a cappuccino machine on the back wall. So most of that I designed and then printed on the 3D printer. And then other pieces I just kind of added based on what I was using. So, or, or what I had available, I would look at the picture and I'm like, hmm, seems to be some sort of coily deal there. So I would coil a piece of metal and, and uh, it, you know, it, it works. Did you um, find the 3D printer was huge learning curve like I did and wanted to throw the thing out the window or did you catch on pretty quickly to it? I did not catch on very quickly. Um, I didn't either. It's, like, I guess there's something in the settings that you have to really tweak. Now, mine's a resin printer. So it's supposed to come straight out of the box, calibrated and all that. And it does a great job. And I think it's, it's mainly my fault in the design part because I haven't, the only thing I've printed that was that someone else had made was the sample print that came with the printer. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've created everything in Tinkercad, but some of my details don't show up very well. Like it, it stops printing and I lose some of the thing that took me hours to make. And I'm like, darn, some of that's gone. So, you know, I know there's some adjustments and some configurations that I have to make in there, but yeah, it's a huge learning curve. And it's one of those things, if I sat down and really took, you know, a day or two to really play with these things. And the other problem is it takes so long to do a print. If you screw something up on the cricket, you know, what's a cricket take to, to cut its thing out? Maybe five minutes, 10 minutes. A 3D print can take hours. So four hours later and it didn't work. And then you just, me, I was just frustrated. And then I have to start over and yeah. Yeah, it's, it can be a pain. A good example of that is the base that I made for the column just last week. Um, and I'm, everyone's going to think it looks good now until I say what it originally looked like. But I had two more bands around the top of that base, and those didn't print. So only half of one band printed. So I ended up... Did have supports enough? I'm not sure. It, it would have been um, the last piece to print. So it should have just kept going. But I guess the exposure rate just stopped. Um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not really sure why, but I ended up carving off that half of a band that it gave me and just used my Dremel and went around it and, and filed it down. And it, it looks good now, but I would have preferred it with two more bands. Um, but I, I ended up filling it in with, with wood filler and it, you know, I, I ended up just making it by hand. And that's part of why I make stuff by hand, because every time I try to do something else and like take something I think is going to be the easy route, I end up having to make half of it by hand. <laughs> I'm like, I might as well have just started this, you know? 
what I love about miniatures is you get a little bit of everything. You're a painter, you are a carpenter, you know, like woodworker, you, it's just, there's so many aspects that go into creating one little scene, which is so cool. What would you think is your most favorite? Do you like working the wood aspects? Maybe not so much a 3D printer. Do you like, do you do anything with clay really? Um, yeah, yeah. Some of the smaller, um, like the vase and the chihuly that I've got next to the fireplace, um, all of that was sculpted out of clay. Um, I've done a couple of bear clocks. If you remember, there's one episode where they go on the Antiques Roadshow and, and the dad brings a bear clock to have it appraised and the boys are embarrassed until they find out it's worth a lot of money, um, which I actually have the original bear clock from the show in my private collection. Um, so I sculpted based on that. And I used to, I used to sell those on, on Etsy for a while. I've got a little Etsy store where I sell things from time to time. Um, and I carved the bear clock out of clay. So I've used, used a little bit. I really enjoy doing the, uh, the small paintings. I wish there were more of those to do. Um, and I sometimes look at some of the ones that I did and how early on in the project that was. And I'm just like, how the heck did you even do that? Could you even read, <laughs> could you even redo what you did? Was it like beginner's luck? You're you know? blowing yourself away, right? <laughs> I'm like, could I even sit down and redo that if somebody was like, hey, I want to buy that exact little tiny picture. I'm like, I don't even know if I could replicate it. It was just like beginner's luck each time, you know? Yeah, maybe you have to do prints, mini prints of your original. Right, yeah. Did you find electricity was difficult at all? I know a lot of people struggle with that, but. Well, you know, it can be um, if you use what's available on the market. So I was really unfamiliar with the little miniature dollhouse plug-in deals and those tiny, tiny wires <laughs> that are like infant hairs you're trying to connect. And so I bought the kit because I just wanted to learn. So I bought the the kit and the wire and some lights and different things and I pieced it together and it worked and it was a huge pain in the butt to use um to me so I just went back to just standard wire and and those um some of some of mine have the clamshell batteries with the watch batteries on it with an on-off toggle switch but I mainly wanted to wire it myself because I couldn't stand the tiny tiny wires now for me what I ended up doing that makes it easier and I still use that now that I learned the trick, I don't know how everybody else does it, but I'll split this, this two pieces into the positive and negative wires. And then I'll just use a flame to burn back that plastic because that was the hardest part. I was trying to strip the wire and with a blade or a typical wire cutter, you might as well forget about it. It is too fine. It's not going to work. So I burn it back. Um, and that works great for me. You've never tried the tape. Um, no, no. I, the pay, I don't have the patience, I don't think, for the tape. Like, number one, it's got, to, it's got to stick. That's the first thing. I hate things that are supposed to stick that don't stick. Like, you put a piece of tape down, and it keeps curling up, and you're like, that's you've got one job to do, and it's to stick, and you're not doing that. So I've never used the tape before. Um, I was afraid I'd get everything stuck and, and work in, in the right order, and then I'd flip that switch, and nothing would happen, and I would just be like you with the 3d printer just like chuck it like i'm done <laughs> it's all over <laughs> i work in the basement so it was really hard to chuck that thing out the 3d printer out the window but believe me i wanted to <laughs> yeah that's i i started with tape and they give you those little brads or whatever they call them and mm -hmm. i mean they're so small and you just you have to try to nail them into the wall and you're like oh yeah i feel your frustration with that yeah, I didn't know if they were like, if it was like a self-adhesive, because it looks like on the ones that I've seen people use it on, it looks like it's on there good. But I'm like, I would, I would have to super glue the heck out of that thing. I'm, <laughs> I don't want it coming up at all. No, I like the idea of just the batteries too. I, yeah, I'm starting to get more into that where, yeah, I don't want to mess with the tape either. Yeah, the, the little wire I think is, is kind of the way to go unless you can solder and do your own connections and things like that with bigger wire. But I was always afraid of getting shocked with those, with the little wires because you've got that exposed fuse on the strip. And I'm, you know, if I'm doing electrical work, it's usually around the house and you'll get a little jolt. This yeah. you could, I mean, I've touched every part of everything on there and I've never felt a thing. So I, I guess there's just not enough current going through those little bulbs to feel it. 
Until next time. No, I'm just kidding. Hopefully you won't. So can you tell what is your Etsy store? And do you do custom orders? So if someone came to you and be like, I want maybe not the chair, because that would that was a little um hard to find the material, but do you do custom pieces at all? Yeah, yeah, I've done custom pieces. I've done um I've done actually done the fireplace before, um, just in a smaller scale. Um, I've done the cane, and I, I actually have a lot of artwork that's for sale that are eight and a half by 11 or 16 by 22. So paintings that I do, they're not all related to Fraser, but they are all related to TV or Hollywood in some way. They're from movies. So um, I've got, I just sold a Dirty Dancing one. Um, I've got Pretty Woman, The Mask. I've got different ones on there, things that I think people will like really iconic scenes. And I use kind of a negative space, monochromatic imagery in my paintings. Um, but I do custom work as well. So I've had I've had a um, one of the viewers wanted their daughter, their daughter's head on Princess Leia's body because I guess she does cosplay and that kind of thing. So she wanted that for for her birthday. So I made that for her. So I do some custom work. Okay. And then what is your Etsy shop name? Is your project? Okay. So a couple more questions I have. I don't want to keep you too long, but. Like I said, I had a lot of questions. Sure. So you just recently announced that you are going to be, is it the miniature, Dollhouse Miniature Magazine, right? Or what yeah, magazine? It's, it's um, Dollhouse and Miniature Scene is the name of the magazine. Um, and it's a European magazine. Um, and they had contacted me about doing a feature story in that for June. So I have done the interview and sent in the pictures and all of that good stuff. Um, and they had just sent me an email last month saying that it's set for June, so. Awesome, do you think they found you on Facebook or? Yeah, yeah, we had corresponded on Facebook. Um, cool. So I think that's pretty cool. And you know, all of the, one thing I'd like to mention, you'd asked about the Etsy store and the art and mm -hmm. kind of some of this stuff. Um, all of the profits that I make from selling the art or any kind of publicity that the project gets that generates more viewers and followers that end up making donations and different things like that. It all goes to support my local animal shelter. So I don't make any profit on my artwork or the popularity of the project. Really, I was, I was content for years just making it by myself and nobody even really knew I was doing it except for a couple close friends. And, uh, but then people had started asking about it I'd post a piece here or there on the Fraser fan club and they'd be like, Oh my God, I want to see more. And, and I'm like, there's, there's an opportunity here. Um, when you get that many interested parties in what you're doing, but I didn't feel like I was in a position where I needed to benefit from it monetarily, but I thought it's a great opportunity to raise a little bit of money for my local animal shelter. And so it's, I've started that project uh, or that that program called Rangers Project, mm -hmm. and that's on my Facebook page. Um, and our local radio station did um, a piece on it, and the local paper had it on the cover of the newspaper. And so Ranger is is our adopted dog. We got him in February of last year, and you know he was a little abandoned, seven pound little pup, and we adopted him when we were there volunteering. He'd only been in the shelter for a couple of days. And I just scooped him right up and I, <laughs> I looked at the director and I'm like, I'm taking him. I'm just taking him. If somebody claims him, then they claim him. If not, he's not <laughs> spending another night in this crate. He's going home with me today. So he did. He, went, <laughs> yeah, he went, went home with me and we've been inseparable ever since. He goes with me just about everywhere. Um, but I wanted to use the popularity of what I'm doing to help other, other animals in Bullock County. So we raised the money through the art and through donations. Um, and my wife is responsible for the aspect of determining where it needs to go, where the greatest need is. So she participates and, you know, doing like this weekend, we're doing transport. We're taking a couple of animals to the rescue in Indianapolis. Um, sometimes, you know, they need medical care, different things like that. It just depends on where the need is at the moment. Uh, but she's, she's taking charge of allocating all the funds for all of that stuff well what a great cause and you guys have such big hearts like that's amazing i appreciate that yeah especially because it's it takes time to make the miniatures and especially if you do custom orders for people so that's awesome 
I did not know that. Did not know that. So that's awesome. I mean, I know I saw the project on your Facebook page, but so cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we decided to do with it because you know, really, when you're doing those pieces, you can only. I only feel comfortable charging so much. You know, I'm not going to get crazy with what I charge people, and it's usually never enough to reimburse you for the time that you've spent doing it. So you can either look at every piece as a loss or you can look at every piece as like, look, here's $125 or $150 that didn't exist yesterday that now does exist to help feed and buy toys and all this stuff for animals that need it. So that's that's kind of how we chose to look at it. Is it a pretty big shelter? It's not. It's a very small shelter. In fact, their um, their budget was cut for medical care by $25,000 this year. So they just, they rely on a lot of volunteer work, a lot of rescues. Um, there's only three or four employees there. Um, they used to work close with the jail and they'd have an inmate program where they would come in and help and, and they don't have that anymore since COVID. Um, so it's just, they're always struggling and they're a no-kill shelter. And they didn't used to be a no-kill shelter, but they are now. And we just want to keep that going. We never want to go back to having a kill shelter in our community ever. So it's our responsibility to make sure that that, that doesn't happen. And to do that, you need to have the funds available to transport them when they need it to other areas where they may be, you know, certain breeds are a little bit more tolerated or a little more in demand. Um, so that's why we decided to do that. It's very small and relies solely on, you know, not solely on donations, but the way the government pays, it's pretty much solely on donations. You know, they get the bare minimum. Well, that's awesome that you're doing that. Well, thank you. Well, I hope everyone, yeah, will go to the Ranger Project and check it out for sure. And I'll leave everyone your links and how to find you in the episode show notes so they can go ahead and find you. So the next, the last question I had, well, actually, I thought it'd be fun just to do a few trivia questions for you. I know you probably will get them right away, but I just want to know what's next for you. You said something about the radio station and then what's your next project after this? Yeah, so the Fraser project after it took off with the apartment was going to be three different um, builds. It was going to be the apartment, the cafe, and then the radio station. And that's still kind of the plan. Um, but I'm going to probably work simultaneously on other things just because I like to have a couple of things going on at once. So I'm thinking my next project might be the house from all in the family. Um, I've, I've got, there's another, there's a show called my name is Earl that I really like a lot. And I've already got the, 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 uh, structure built for that. And there's a mural in there. Um, there's a, ho the hotel room is where they live. I don't know if you've ever watched it or not, but I haven't, they, oh, now I want to. <laughs> it's a Greg Garcia and, and Jason Lee's in it and Jamie Priestley. And it's, it's a really good show. Um, but they live in a hotel room and there's a mural on the wall. So I've got the mural and I've got the structure built for that. I just haven't had time to really fool with it much, but I think the next big build is going to be the all in the family set. Um, I was able to locate an original CBS blueprint of the set, which I purchased, and I have that framed on the wall. So the all in the family set is going to be, it is going to be an exact replica of the CBS blueprint. I'm going to take it right off of that um, because awesome. I have, you got that. Yeah, I have a large collection of Hollywood props and memorabilia and things from the show. I actually have Martin's cane from the show from Frasier. Um, so. I like to add to my collection every once in a while when I can. And I found that blueprint and I'm like, I'm going to need that. <laughs> what about so Creek? Have you watched that doing the hotel room? I have seen, I've seen some episodes of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty popular one too. It's very popular, um, but yeah. Yeah. That would be a, that would be a popular build for sure. It's just, you never know what a show's longevity is going to be. Yeah, you know, it may, a show like Shit's Creek. I mean, I'm, I know it's really popular and crazy right now, but by the time the build's finished, people might quit talking about it. You know, it, isn't it done? Isn't it over? I don't know. I was hoping not because the last episode, I was like, oh, this is it. Like, um, I was under the impression sure. they had like just they were done, like they had their series finale. But I don't know. I 
I haven't seen the whole thing. I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I know I've got um, the all in the family build and then the golden girls uh, house is going to be one. And then there's another, another set that I want to do. That's an exact contradiction of what I just said, as far as longevity goes, but I'm also a big fan of the show Dharma and Greg with Jenna Elfman um, and her, their apartment is so quirky and has so many different colors and different pieces and things um, that I would really like to build that one as well. Man, there's so many. Like, I keep my mind's going now, and I'm like, there's so many sets you could do. The one that comes mm -hmm. to my mind is, um, oh, man, Al Bundy. Um, oh, married with Children. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. we used to watch that series, like, all the time. Or Roseanne, but. Yeah, Roseanne would be a good one, too, for sure. Yeah, there's That so would be another one where you'd have the couch. I can picture it already. It's kind of like that old vintage fabric, like. Yeah. Right, and it always had like that Afghan draped over the back. <laughs> I would yeah. be one too. I hadn't actually seen many people or any that I can that I could say I hadn't seen anybody doing TV show sets as yeah. their builds. And then I started mine, and I had had gotten contacted by a couple of people asking different questions about things. And before you know it, I've seen someone had done Monica's apartment from Friends, and then somebody had done. Um, Mary Tyler Moore and I'm like hmm this is this is really getting a little traction here people maybe are you're starting a trend it could be it could be now I kind of want to do one this seems fun <laughs> it is there's something fun about building everything by hand you know just doing it from scratch and and uh, you know and that's not taken away from everybody has their own thing some people just like to build the structure and then they just want to decorate it with what they can find if your joy is not in building the little tiny pieces, it's just building the architecture, then, you know, do what you love, do, do your thing. Mine is challenging myself to find a piece that I can't build. Um, in fact, the television that's going to go in the Fraser project, is going to be equivalent to a 36 inch TV, but it's going to be fully functioning. It's going to be able to stream Amazon and Netflix and play video games on it. And it's not going to stay in there because the, the, it's going to be facing away from the viewer just based on the way the layout of the apartment is. But I wanted to- I wouldn't even it. know how to start that. I mean, a cell phone, I don't know. Like, I can't wait to see how you do it because my mind's like, no idea. Yeah, I've got some tricks <laughs> up my sleeve. And if you check out my page, look at the, uh, the record store. I, that's one of my kind of my niche things is incorporating electronics into the builds because I think that's really cool. So my record store, I cut out the side and I put a full size Galaxy tablet in there mm -hmm. and i created a window so that when you're standing in the record store and you're looking out, you're looking at a view of a bistro courtyard with traffic going by um, and it looks like you're actually just looking out the window. And on the other side of that is actually Cafe Nervosa's um, courtyard. So it kind of it kind of looks like you're looking out a window, but there's people walking by, and and uh, I like to incorporate that kind of real life imagery and movement and electronics into my builds because I don't see that I, I haven't seen that ever. So I kind of like to push the limits on that. Yeah, that's amazing. So one I said last question what an hour ago, but so do you know do you sell your records at all like on Etsy? Like I was just wondering, is there no you don't. I don't sell the records. No, I just, um, I make those for the little record store just because Nervosa became such a big project with such little substance inside that I wanted to add a little bit more to it. Um, so I decided what else is quintessentially 90 Seattle. What's better than a coffee shop? Well, that's what Nervosa is. The next best thing is a record shop. So I just kind of put that so that I transformed Nervosa into what'll become kind of like a strip mall. Um, okay. Well, your little to, albums, I'm looking at it right now, actually on Facebook. For those that have Facebook, they'll definitely have to check out the Frasier Project and look at this, this album that you make and everything. It's amazing. I was just wondering if you could sell that as on Etsy, if it's like a trademark or because it's so small, can you use the artwork? I'm wondering. I was just curious about that. You know, I'm not really sure. And I've had people ask me that before about like a lot of my artwork how do you how do you get around the trademark because i did i painted the cobra kai logo from 
the Cobra Kai show from Karate Kid. And they're like, how do you get around the trademark? And I'm like, look, I'm just one little dude painting some stuff. You know, if, if these production companies want to come give me a cease and desist over this little painting <laughs> benefiting the animal shelter and they find it, then shut me down. But to me, I mean, I'm not printing out something that's like an exact representation. It's my artistic take on something else, you know? So it's different enough to where I think, you know, in my opinion, I don't feel like I'm ripping somebody off. If they feel differently about that, shoot me a letter and I won't sell it, you know? No, I totally agree. I, cause I thought about records too, but it's like, you never know. Right. Well, I think your work is amazing. Keep it up. I can't wait to see what else you have, you know, what else you come. I really am excited to see that TV because I don't even know how you would do that. So I'll learn. Well, I'm hoping everything will get here. It's, you know, a lot of the parts are coming from China and that takes months and months. So we'll see. But uh, if everything gets here, I'm ready to get started on it immediately. So we'll get it up and going. Nice. I can't wait. So you ready just for a few trivia? I know you'll get them probably. Yeah, but... sure. Go ahead. Let's, let's All see. Right. What is Niles and Daphne's um, baby name? Baby's name. Oh, Niles and Daphne's baby's name. Of course, you'd have to pick one from the later seasons. Um, <laughs> well, if you watched it 20 times, you should know. I know, but it's such an inconsequential character. I don't know. I forget. I didn't even know they had a baby. So, see, I have to go back and watch it. Um, the answer is David. David. That's right. There's a, they keep going back and forth so much when they're trying to get him into this preschool before he's even born that there's so many names they throw out that they end up uh, letting him pick and it's Ichabod and that's what was sticking in my head so I couldn't get the name. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll give you that one then because it was kind of a trick question. But what is the name of Niall's bird? Baby. Oh, good one. Niles and Fraser write a book on what topic? Um, they write a book to, well, is this a trick question? Because they write a couple, so. Oh, I don't know. I, when they were kids, they, they had a book series called the Crane Boys Mysteries when they were kids. Um, I just said the topic, like what was the topic on? So the topic of the later book that they tried to write when they were in the hotel room was on sibling relationships. Yes. That, that right. was the later one, but they had also those little crane boys mystery so i thought it might be a trick question good job so you got two out of the three but now next time someone asks you what the baby's name is you will know david right you will never yeah, exactly, get that because now. i'm going to associate that with Shit's creek and i'm going <laughs> to no david i'm going to think that every time so now i'll have that, I'll have that, that situation there well thank you again is there anything else like again i will leave all the links so people can find you and follow along but yeah thank yeah. you I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Um, just tell everybody to go check out the, the Fraser Project on Facebook. That's where I share most of the stuff. I also have an Instagram um, that sometimes I forget about, but I try. And if you want to uh, follow Ranger, sometimes I post, he posts pictures of himself doing fun and exciting things and traveling. Um, his Instagram is Ranger underscore Dangerfield. Okay. And he's Ranger Dangerfield on Instagram. So you can check that out too. Nice. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was All fun. All right. Thanks for having me. This has been great. Okay. Bye. See you. Bye.